0: Hello 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 everybody welcome to my podcast uh, welcome to RMT 555 I'm meeting you online virtually via podcast to complete our semester I do hope that everyone is okay your family is okay and you enjoy your stay at home just yes, be safe However, we still need to complete our course, and I'm here by briefing you on how we are going to do that. First of all, there will be some changes to the structure of the class. There will be no more exams. I don't know whether it's a good news or not, but there will be no exam at the end of the semester. However, when it comes to something, you will need to do something else. So what I mean by that, without the exam, you will need to do additional work in terms of your coursework. So technically, uh, for this semester, for this subject, what we will be having is two assignments and reports. So that you will be uh, required to do two tasks and complete the task with a report. So, all together, there will be two assignments and two reports to be submitted. On top of that, you will be also need to um, listen to my podcast session and answer quizzes to be uploaded uh, on Eland. So what we'll be doing we will be having Elan in one hand and Pocus in the other hand. I will also be uploading my PowerPoint for your reference, and my podcast session will be based on the PowerPoints uploaded. So in a way, you can uh, switch on your laptop, open the PowerPoint that I've, I've uploaded while you browse. Through the PowerPoint, you should or uh, at the, the same time listen to my podcast. What is it all about? How I brief the whole thing? Yeah, welcome, my daughter. You know, working at home, we'll be having everyone here. So just uh, having my daughter with me now, my smaller one. Anyway, life goes on. Right? as long as she didn't disturb me doing my stuff. Okay, I finished with the structure. I finished with the announcement that there will be no exams. The session will be two assignments and two reports together with uh, quizzes. The quizzes is important to indicate your understanding of my uh, briefing on the PowerPoints as well as as a proof that you attended my classes. Okay, so what else? Um, Okay, the podcast uh, will be made available also on uh, WhatsApp as well as eLearn. You will uh, be free to listen to it at any moment of the day of the week. however, one of the days of the week, I will be uploading the quizzes on Eend. okay? So if for example, I upload uh, the PowerPoint on Wednesday and I'll be giving you like two days for you to listen to it. Uh, maybe on Friday, I'll be giving you the uh, quizzes so you need to answer that within the time specified. So with that. I can give you some sort of marks for the answer given, and I know that you you have attended my classes. Alright, so that's all for the briefing of this uh, semester delivery of the classes. However, oh yeah, I just forget one more thing. I just forget one more thing. For any classes that I've delivered, mean by way of podcasts and the powerpoints uploaded you might wanted to ask questions so how are we going to uh, to entertain the questions so this is my plan you listen to it you just uh, type it on whatsapp group uh, send it there within some uh, time given i will compile the whole questions and be recording my answer via podcast again in response to the questions given okay Alright, uh that's all. So this is an initiative that we are going to take given the fact that some of the students are having difficulties to have a stable and good internet connectivity. So I'm doing this for the benefit of of those who are having that difficulties though we do have webex and zoom but we cannot uh sideline our friends who are having uh difficulties in getting the internet connections. Okay, um, I'm stopping here. I'll be up uh, next. I'll be recording my lecture. So meanwhile, I hope you guys uh, stay tuned, stay safe, and yeah, this is not my really my style of giving lectures without seeing you. I cannot really ask you questions like the way we used to do it in the class. However, extreme time requires extreme measures. So this is not so extreme. But take care of your health, your safety to the extreme. Okay, guys, take care. Miss you guys. Take care. Bye. Assalamualaikum. Hello again. It's me, the Zone. Uh, this is our first class uh, during this COVID-19. It was our briefing, and now we are going the serious thing now. So um, today I'm talking about today I'm talking about contract in construction industry, or to the to broaden the perspective, contract in our everyday life, ladies and gentlemen. So everything that we do technically every day involve contract. So during this COVID-19 lockdown or semi-lockdown, some people said only the head of the family can go out and buy stuff for the members not everybody can go out. So, only the head of family. So, you go, and you are looking, searching for the most viral thing nowadays, which is the gardenia bread. You know, some people are so hungry for the bread. They even take four or five uh, loaf of the bread and leave none for the rest. So, you, as a head of family, responsible for you to go and look for it, you go to all the sundry shops, all the shops, all the seven ish to look for this bread. So I happened to be you found one shop where you have two more uh, galer bread on the shelf. You go to the shelf, you take it, you put it on the table of the cashier, okay, And after you're doing that, what the cashier do? He or she will take the bread, put it in the plastic bag, and then and then uh, you pay the money, and off you go. So that's actually a contract. That's actually a contract. So if you look at it there are four elements that make a valid contract under the law number 1 you must have an offer number 2 you need to have an acceptance number 3 there must be a consideration and finally there must be also an intention to create a legal relationship so you have all these four you're actually contracting yourself legally you are bound to it does it mean that you need to have a in in writing, I will come to that later. So let's go back and take all the four elements to our gardenia thing. So you walk into the shop, you go to the chef, you take the bread, and you you take the bread and you put it on the table. What is that? That's actually an offer to buy the bread. And then when the cashier take the bread that you put on the table, and he put it in the plastic bag, okay, it signifies his acceptance to your offer. What are the considerations? The considerations are your money paid to the price of the bread and the bread you take home as the consideration. So we have two considerations there, the money paid as well as the bread that you take home. And then your intention to create legal relationship can be reflected from the facts of the whole scenario. You go to the shop during it open uh operation hours, you put it on the on the table, you pay and voila. That's a contract. That's a for you to enter into the contract. If you go to the shop, take out your knife and threaten the cashier. There's no intention to create the relationship. There's actually an intention to rob the shop. So if you have these four basic elements, there are some other things that define the validity of the contract as well. But these four elements are the most important elements to show whether there's a valid contract or not. Okay, you have these four, you actually have a valid contract under the law. Got it? Okay, that's good. So now we bring the matter, the contract to the construction industry. So we need to have this for to create a valid contract. For example, you have a small time contractor to caruma, okay, a simple person, not a big company, go and meet the client in the Mama shop over Tetare and discuss about this contract uh, of renovation of the toilet of the house. Small contract, just that, 5,000 ringgit worth of contract. So there's n- nothing in writing put on paper. He just go there and discuss, okay, and then I offer to complete your toilet renovation for 5,000 ringgit. And then the owner of the house says, yes, I agree with that. And they shake hands over it, and there's a contract actually. Can it be proven? Yes, if you can have a uh, witness to uh, testify that the arrangement took place at the Mama shop over there, and the matter, if breach, can be brought to the court, and you can claim for compensation damages if any one of the parties uh, breach the terms. But is it that easy? If it involves a more technical contract of uh, completing a nuclear power plant. So in such a contract, you need to put it in writing so that technicalities can be proved and disputes can be uh, dispute can be settled. Is it that so? Is not that so? Because even when we have a standard form of contract, the issues will always be there. And when I talk about standard form of contract, does it mean that you need to use a standard form of contract? Well we have in the market now. We have plenty, a lot of standard form of contract. In the meantime, we also have people who draft their own contract. So which one is better. It depends, guys, it depends. We have uh, issues with standard form of contract. But however, most of the issues has been, if not resolved, but been, to, uh, what you call it, uh, defined. For example, what does it mean by, um, by inclement weather? Is it a normal rain or a, just a heavy rain or a typhoon? So a center form of contract has been tested by time. For example, our JKR 203, or PWD contract 203, applicable by the public job in Malaysia, has been there for many years already. and when they are disputed, the matter were brought to the court, and the court has defined it. what does it mean by certain certain terms as well as PEM contract. We have PAM 206, 1998, 2006, and PAM 2018, 2018 now. So this kind all of contracts are now being, um, has been tested, and hopefully, most of the disputes can be proven, can be, uh, uh, we can refer to cases case laws, to, 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 to determine what does it mean. On the contrary, when we talk about uh, your own very own contract drafted for your own self it may open to so many interpretations I just want to give an example of how difficult it is uh, during let's take our current situation the COVID-19 thing when the government says uh, the the government says about what does it mean of uh gathering. What does it mean of uh, you are not allowed to gather? or you not allowed to go out? Is it uh, yeah the basic understanding of the word says you cannot go out, correct? But there are exceptions to it, and these exceptions are always open for to different interpretation. Head of family, who is the head of family? What if uh, you are a, a single mother? or in the family the husband is uh, far away and only the wife available at the house is she now the head of family can he go she go out and buy whatever the needs of the house so things are always open for interpretation and that's why we always have different different uh, interpretation and definition to a standard of contract, and how the parties look at it, and that this lead to disputes. however, I give you to in the international I give you the advantage of a self of contract. on top of that, it is not perfect. You also have difficulties because people will always have different ways of looking at different things. so for example, it says uh, it must be white, What is white? There are many type of white available now. Alright, okay? so you can never limit that because people, human being, always have their own interpretation, understanding of uh, certain terms, certain words, and whatnot, especially in the contract. Okay, so I want to refer you to my PowerPoint. I've uploaded a PowerPoint on select of contract. Okay. The, uh Let's look at it. Okay, it all start the second the second slide. Talk about Riba Plan of Works, two o seven. What I refer to Riba Plan of Works, Riba stands for Royal Institute of British Architects. Okay, because Riba Plan of Works two o seven, it have uh, laid down the whole structure of a construction project. Okay, and the, the third slide, if you can see that. We have RIBA PREN OFORT 2013. It have uh, again improved RIBA Plan offer 207, but it signifies similar if not more detailed uh, structure of stages involved in the construction project. So you have tasks, you have strategic definition, you have preparation, concept design, developed design, technical design, structure design, construction and in use. All these stages will involve different types of contract. Let's go to, for example, preparation. In the construction project, when you prepare the job, the project, you might need to involve uh, as a client, for example, you might need to engage your financial advisor or your bankers, or your feasibility studies consultants, when you engage them. You are having your very own contract with with them, so we are I mean for the those from the construction industry. You are used to PAM, you are used to PWD contract, but you must also understand if you are an architect, for example, you also need to sign an engagement, a contract between yourself and the client. It's not as simple as that. You don't do things without any uh, retainership, any contract to retain your service. And this client, for example, again, when he wanted to uh, make sure the boundary of this project site, what he can do, he he need to engage the land surveyor. You doesn't want to complete a job, but suddenly, your project transpasses into other people's property and make things worse. The owner of the neighbourhood, neighbouring land, apply for injunction, and your whole project need to be uh, demolished because you trespass into his land. All right. So these are the consultants, the people that you need to involve during the early part of the project. Then you move on to the uh, construction of the work. This is where. PWD contract, PM contract, JDB contract, AIH contract, whatever contract, even your own drafted contract, come into play. Okay? So we have a lot of contracts, a lot of people involved in a single construction project. Alright, so I stop there for a while, we'll continue afterwards. It's me again Harap-harap you guys tak bosan ya So, we need to do this We to finish our contract lesson So, let's continue So, I spoke about contract The element of contract Send of contract available And I made some reference To the Libar plan of work And I did ask you about Whether a contract need to be in writing or not Basically, there's no requirement That a contract to be put in writing However, you might want it to have a written contract simply to make things easier, simply to ensure that when there are disputes, there are breach, it can be proved by the way of the written contract. So that's why you want to have that. And then uh, there are uh, also questions. There are, there are questions uh, on pertaining to whether a contract need to be stamped or not. Multi stamp. Remember that the, the word we always used. When you sign a contract, you need to uh, bring the contract to Internal Revenue or LHDN and have it stamped. One percent of the whole contract amount need to be paid to the government. So this you need to have that. So if you look at the whole structure, basically a contract does not to be, but uh, is stamped to be stamped. No, there's no need for you to have to have that. To, it won't. Invalidate the contract, even void the contract. It will be a, valid, uh, a, a good contract by itself. However, the requirement to have a stamp will have an effect impact on the admissibility of the contract to be discussed, to be submitted in the court. So the court will require the contract to be stamped. Only then it can be tendered as an evidence in the trial. So if you have a dispute, the matter is brought to the court. If you are not having the contract stamped, not stamped, then the contract cannot be tendered as an evidence. So, for example, you have a two-year-old contract, and today you have a dispute over the terms. You try to bring the matter and suddenly you realise that the contract was not multi was not stamped. Then how? Does it mean that end of the road for you? No. You can always bring the matter to the uh the Magahasel Internal Revenue Office, get it stamped plus penalty for the delay, and once you do that, the document can be tendered as evidence in a court. I'm referring back to my powerpoint, if you look at slide number 4, then there's a summary of the branches of laws applicable applied uh, during each stages of the construction project. If you look at it, where contract is applicable, where law of tort is applicable, and statutory requirements, uh, Impose criminal liabilities are there as well, is, um, and also insurance and the careful requirement. This is not, uh, this is not limited to this, but generally this where all these branches of laws are applicable. You can have a cross reform, cross application, but basically this is how it looks. Alright, let's move on to slide number five. So um, how? Contractual relationship is established between the parties. In the construction work, it refers to this kind of contracts, basically. Apart from the, uh, apart from the drafted your own drafted telegram contract, well, slide number six. When you have a contract before you, these are basically the elements you need to define in reading the contract. So these are the basic important elements you need to first understand before you sign the contract or before you decided to uh, edit or amend or improve the contract you have what they are number 1 duration types of contracts who are the parties involved the payments as well as penalties so let's we go one by one duration in the contract you need to have uh, need to define the timeline when the contract started when, for example, if you sign the contract today, when the parties can enter the site to start the works, so you want to define this. Or else, what are other elements such as uh, liquidated ascertain damages LED, or extension of time or delay might uh, be jeopardized if you fail to define the duration uh, at the timeline of the contract. So, def- understand that first. Whenever you are. Uh, table with the contract. Type of works must also be clarified. You just don't sign thing and then you leave it blank. What you should do? What are the job scope you have to fulfil? The good contract will define that. Many times that we have a contract being blurred, being 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 uh, unclear about the type of works involved. What, who they are? What they are? What you should do? The type of works. Somehow, somewhere, the people talk about method of statements, how things to be done. So there are pros and cons to it. Yeah, in a way, you want to leave the artisan, the contractor, to do their things freely, but also you also need to define the scope of the works, or else things will go haywire. Right? So define the type of works. And then also need to define, understand who are the parties. Guys, parties of the contract is more very very much important. You need to understand who they are. Who are the SO? For example, we have one case that involved uh, SO instruction given by the SO representative. However, there were no letters authorizing name the SO representative. So, what happened to the instruction given by the SO rep? I leave it to you. Is it a valid instruction or not? There are nothing written in the contract, no letters mentioning about the parties, the SO rep, the contractors, and whatnot. So if we have that, that contract is open for dispute and abuse. Some people might use, take advantage of it. And we also need to define the term of payments. Um how much money when to be paid. Who to certify it? Uh, what about uh, uh, what about the methods and manners payment to be made? So all uh, terms relating to the payments must be understood by you whenever you are dealing with the contract. And finally, we talk about penalties. And give example one uh, case that we handle where these parties involved they modify they alter the standard PEM contract. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not a PAM contract. It's actually, it was actually a PWD contract. So, in, in the standard contract, the unmodified contract, you can apply, the contractor can apply for EOT, especially of time, when there are delays. And the delays were caused by the client. So, if the client, for example, when you started the project, the client needs to hand you the site. However, in that particular project, the client failed to pass the project the site to the contractor. Okay, uh, due to uh, issues there uh, on uh preparation, planning, and approval. So, for example, they're supposed to start the job, the work on the first of March. However, the contractor can only enter the site on the first day of April. And that caused issues. Alright, so in that particular contract, when they so in that contract, when they modified it, they in a way deleted the power of the SO to grant EOT. At the same time, you have a clause stating that EOT is possible. So when the contractor applied for EOT due to the failing of the client to give possession of the site to the contractor. Remember, they're supposed to start the work in the contract stated that possession of the site is given on the 1st of March. However, due to the issues with the authority PBT, they can only enter the site on the 1st day of April, which is the fault of the client, obviously. They applied for the EOT, but the contract... Says nothing about such application to whom it should be made, who, to whom the contractor should apply for EOT. So the contract are now contradicting uh, in very own it in its very own terms. Alright? So this when you uh, you are given a contract, these kind of things that you need to understand and read. Okay? So or if you are asked by your boss. To modify the contract. This is the thing you also need to understand. In a way, you cannot read the whole thing uh, separately. Somehow you need to cross-refer these uh, grounds uh, to really understand how the contract works. In, in the example I gave you, the parties mean the SO are the one to grant EOT, which have impact on the penalties clause, which at the end of the day. We determine the payments, okay? So uh, I hope uh, this session clarifies you about the importance for us to understand the contract. clarifies to you the why we are having so much of standard of contract now, whether it's good or not, it depends on the situation. but basically the uh, C of contract has its own um, advantage. if not. It also having some sort of disadvantages as well. And we also talk about the basic elements of a contract and we are we have looked at the construction industry, rebuilding of work, and how contract fits in and most importantly the elements you need to understand when you are giv given a contract and we are studying analyzing a contract. Okay? So I think that's all for our first session, right? Uh, if you have any question, just uh, upload it on WhatsApp. I will compile it and I will answer it in one go. And later we'll be having our quizzes, uh, just to make sure that you understand the whole session and to make sure that you really listen to it. The quizzes will be based on my uh, recorded podcast and'm to today. Thank you very much. Have a nice day, guys.